0: Welcome to Radar Contact, the audio show that teaches pilots how to speak professionally and with confidence to air traffic control. If you have avoided contact with air traffic control because you just didn't know what to say or didn't know how to say it, Radar Contact is going to change the way you fly and communicate. And now, here's your host, airline pilot, author, and host of ATCCommunication.com, Jeff Canarish. Man notices his wife is starting to get hard of hearing. One evening, he calls from the living room into the kitchen, Hey, honey, what's for dinner? There is no answer. So he tries a little louder. Honey, what's for dinner? Still nothing from the kitchen, which makes sense because she has a hearing problem. He calls again louder still. What's for dinner? Realizing his wife probably isn't going to hear anyways, he shouts at the top of his lungs, For the love of Pete! What's for dinner? His wife comes stomping into the living room, face red as a beet, and yells, For the fourth time I said chicken, you deaf old fool! If you hold at least a third class aviation medical certificate, I know you can hear me okay even if you might have to turn up the volume of your podcast player a little bit. You may be able to hear me, but are you listening? Your grandmother probably said this once or twice. Big difference between can't hear and won't listen. No? Well, my grandmother said that, and here's what she means. Hearing is what your ear does. It translates sound waves into electrical signals that transmit up your auditory nerve. Listening on the other hand, is what your brain does. It takes those signals coming off your auditory nerve and translates them into something usable. Or not. You know, your brain doesn't digest everything that comes flying in from your auditory nerve. In fact, a lot of information created by your senses gets filtered out as background noise. So if your brain were to feed you everything your senses detect at any given moment, you would not be able to function day to day. In order to survive day to day, we depend on our brains to be selective about what it feeds our consciousness. For example, sudden unexpected noises, especially those that are sharp and loud, almost always arrive in our brains unfiltered to warn us of danger. Wind shear, wind shear, wind shear. I'm sure you've had experiences where you've been startled by a sudden loud sound. Y- you may have jumped a little and felt a rush of adrenaline as your body prepared itself to fight or flee whatever produced that sound. Most other sounds that make it through your brain's filter and bubble up into your consciousness depend on what is important to you at the moment. For example, let's say you're sitting on a bench at a small airport waiting for your friend to arrive in her own airplane. You've been waiting a while, so you pull out your smartphone and pass the time by checking email. While you're doing this, a few airplanes are buzzing around the pattern, and the sounds are so familiar that you don't really pay attention to any of them. Instead, your focus remains on your smartphone. In a little while, the sound of an airplane taxiing on the ground starts to register in your brain as the airplane draws closer to you. Well, what do you do? You look up to see who is arriving. Why does that sound make it through and cause you to look up? Because in this context, that sound is important to you. You are expecting your friend. All those other planes in the airport traffic pattern are just so much background noise. Lately, the number one complaint I've been getting from air traffic controllers is pilots are not paying attention to the radio. Uh, Many controllers I talk to say it is not unusual to have to repeat themselves two or three times before being heard by some pilots. By the way, if you would like to hear what is on the minds of air traffic controllers, you can tune into my Twitter feed, which is atc__jeff at twitter.com. Air traffic controllers from the U.S., Australia, and the U.K. respond to my Twitter post pretty frequently. Okay, back to our story. Controllers have been telling me about how frustrated they get when they have to repeat instructions because someone is not paying attention. It's one thing to repeat an instruction because a pilot did not understand what was said the first time. It's quite another thing to have to repeat because the pilot is not holding up his end of the bargain by listening to the radio. Well, let's make the fair assumption that most pilots Do not willfully ignore ATC for the purpose of frustrating controllers. I mean, pilots know that flying, especially flying in crowded airspace, is a communication-intensive environment. It's in the pilot's best interest to work within the ATC system, because right now, it's the only system we've got. And it's designed to keep airplanes from running into each other. If most pilots have bought into the notion that it is in their best interest to follow ATC's instructions, why do we still have pilots who don't pay attention to the radio? The answer lies in what we discussed in the introduction to this topic. The answer is brain filtering. Brain filtering happens when incoming signals are not worth paying attention to. Now, wait a minute. I just said most pilots realize they have to pay attention to ATC to work within the system. So if a pilot knows communication with ATC is important, why would pilots filter out radio calls from ATC? Here's the answer. You and I know there is a heck of a lot of information coming at you while you are flying. Aircraft control is, or at least should be, at the top of the list. For student pilots, aircraft control is initially such a challenge it takes nearly 100% concentration just to keep the airplane upright on altitude and on course. Student pilots don't willfully give radio communication a low priority. They are so consumed with aircraft control that there simply is no room left in the mental basket to listen to the radio. Student pilots who must concentrate entirely on aircraft control may under some circumstances even tune out the words coming from their flight instructor— Now, if you remember back to your first attempt at a stall recovery, or perhaps a spin recovery, I'll bet you didn't hear a thing your flight instructor was saying as the aircraft pitched and rolled during the stall entry. Am I right? Your brain was so completely focused on surviving the maneuver that it had no time to pay attention to the directions coming from the person sitting in the right seat. Even experienced pilots can run into situations where managing a new or intense challenge in the cockpit can cause them to tune out the radios. If maintaining aircraft control becomes a challenge, then a pilot should tune out the radio for as long as it takes to return to normal flight. You've heard that old saying many times. Aviate, navigate, and communicate. It means save the aircraft first, make sure you are where you need to be second. Then, when your flying obligations are taken care of, talk on the radio. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense to spend time explaining to someone on the radio that your airplane is in a death spiral if you haven't first tried to bring the aircraft to level flight on your own. Here's where we are so far. Sounds coming into your ear have no meaning until your brain gives them meaning. Your brain will only give meaning to the sounds that are important for helping you cope with your current situation. Coping with a situation is a matter of how you prioritize what is currently happening. Well, we've talked a lot, but I still haven't answered the question asked by air traffic controllers every day. Why don't pilots pay attention to the radios? I mean... Not everyone flying today is a student pilot, and not everyone flying is in a dire situation from takeoff to landing. At least I hope they aren't. What is actually happening with all the pilots who are simply droning along and still not listening to the radio? Here is the answer, in one word. Ready? Wait for it. Distraction. We pilots allow ourselves to become distracted from listening to the radio. Great! What are you going to do with that information? I once had a person at my airline put a letter out to pilots under his supervision that said this, don't get distracted. (laughs) I have never read and hope to never again read a three-word sentence with as little value as don't get distracted. The reason we become distracted is because we aren't aware of distractions in the first place. They creep up on you unannounced. That's what makes them distractions. (laughs) Saying don't get distracted is like saying don't breathe. You can hold your breath for a minute or so, but eventually you're going to need some air. It's the same thing with distractions. You can brace yourself and focus in on the task at hand for a while, but telling yourself you will not be distracted by anything else? Well, you can't keep your guard up forever. As a wise person once said, it's not what you don't do, it's what you do do. It turns out, when it comes to eliminating distractions, the wise person got it only half right. Listening to the radio involves not only what you do do, it also involves what you don't do as well. Today, because our topic is about how to listen to the radio, I'm going to tell you how to stop doing all the things that prevent you from paying attention as much as possible on the radio. First, notice I said, pay attention as much as possible. What I'm about to tell you is not designed to place listening to the radio above maintaining aircraft control or navigating. We still need to maintain our priority of aviate first, navigate second, and communicate only when both aviating and navigating are under control. Second, I cannot guarantee you that this strategy will protect you from all distractions. It will increase the likelihood you hear instructions from ATC the first time they are given in most situations. So, that's a lot of buildup. Let's get down to it. You will remember my example about the person sitting on a bench at the airport waiting for his friend to arrive in her airplane. He focused on his smartphone, passively relying on his brain to filter out extraneous noise and pick up on the sound of an airplane taxiing towards him. That is what we call passive listening. Passive listening is what we pilots do every day when we, to coin a phrase, keep an ear out for the mention of our aircraft call sign on the aircraft radio. Only when we hear our call sign do we focus on what is coming over the radio. Most of the time, passive listening works. We can focus primarily on flying and let the sound of our call sign on the radio redirect our attention to the incoming voice message. Most of the time is not all of the time. The problem with passive listening is it's vulnerable to distraction. In airline cockpits, for example, pilots pass the time by talking to each other. During the enroute phase of flight in airline operations, let's face it, not much happens. With the autopilot and flight management system flying the airplane for us, a typical flight may include hours and hours of monotonous droning without much of anything else for us to do. So we fill those hours by talking to each other. Most of the time, the talk that goes on between pilots is idle chit-chat. It's a low-level stimulation that allows us to passively listen for a call sign when an route controller says it on the radio. Sometimes, the talking gets more involved. That's a polite way of saying the hot air really starts blowing in the cockpit. And hot air is also a polite way of saying, well, I don't want to say the less polite version. <laughs> It's at those times that conversation distracts us from passively listening to the radios. This is when we miss radio calls from ATC directed at us. In the en route environment, where not much happens, missing a radio call from ATC the first time may be frustrating for the controller, and I'm not excusing it, but it usually doesn't present a hazard to the flight. The danger created by passive listening comes during critical phases of flight. And by critical phases of flight, I'm talking about flight in high traffic areas, generally at lower altitudes, and nearer to busy airports. This is where missing a radio call from ATC can have serious consequences. If passive listening does not work in all situations, then what we need is the opposite of passive listening. During certain phases of flight, A pilot needs to use active listening, or what I call intentional listening. Intentional listening is really a decision. It's a decision in which you say to yourself, okay, for this period of time, I'm going to turn over a portion of my attention to the radio. I'm still going to fly. I'm still going to navigate. But instead of talking to my flying partner or folding the map or fiddling with the fuel mixture, I'm going to pay attention to the radio. By paying attention, I mean actually listening to every single radio transmission that comes through, whether it's an instruction from ATC to your flight or not. Now, you may think it's a waste of time to listen to the radio if ATC is talking to another airplane, but I'd suggest that would be a very good use of your time. After all, you're not out there flying in isolation. Your airplane is mixed in with other airplanes all sharing the same airspace. What happens to them affects what happens to you. Does that make sense? In the airline industry, we have realized that most critical phases of flight happen below 10,000 feet. Airline pilots are required to maintain something we call sterile cockpit below 10,000 feet above airport elevation. Sterile cockpit is what I described earlier. The only talking that is allowed is talk that relates to the flight in progress. In addition to no talking about non-essential issues, there's also no eating during the sterile cockpit phase, and there's supposed to be no communication with the flight attendants for non-safety-related issues. Well, there are differing opinions on whether sterile cockpit happens all the time on all airline flights, but I'm going to withhold my opinion here because I want to focus on today's topic rather than stir up controversy. That controversy has nothing to do with our topic at hand. The point is, by mandate, Airline pilots are supposed to go quiet and focus on the big three, aviate, navigate, and actively listen to the radio when the cockpit is sterile. Now, I realize for you it's probably true that all or most of your flights happen below 10,000 feet. Expecting you to not talk for the entire duration of your flight is, well, it's unreasonable. On each flight, you can determine for yourself where it would be appropriate to employ sterile cockpit, but... I have a few suggestions about how to do that. Think of all the times during any one of your flights where there is usually a lot of air traffic and where communication with ATC gets intense. Some of those times are obvious. An airport traffic pattern is one place where there are a lot of airplanes and a lot of communication happens. It doesn't even have to be a controlled airport to have a lot of radio communication. Many uncontrolled airports get extremely busy at certain times of the day Position reporting on Unicom can get fast and furious, am I right? Working with ATC during the departure and arrival phase can also be very communications intensive, but you don't necessarily have to be in the arrival phase or the departure phase for critical communication with ATC. For example, if you are flying at cruise altitude through an area with a lot of restricted airspace, the communication might not be intensive, but any calls from ATC might be very time critical. Miss a radio call, and there's a chance you might enter some airspace you are not supposed to enter. Point is, pre plan when and where you're going to switch from passively listening to the radio to actively listening to the radio. Set your own rules for sterile cockpit during those critical phases of flight, and then stick to Your plan. A plan only has value if you execute it. I already talked about some things you can do to create your own sterile cockpit. Cut out all the extraneous, nice-to-do-but-non-essential work. Focus entirely on aviate, navigate, and communicate. But what happens if you have passengers on board? How do you let them know you need a sterile cockpit? Simply explain to your passengers that for the time being, until you say so... You need them to stop talking except to speak up if they notice an issue that affects the flight. To sum up, as Grandma said, there is a big difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is passive. Your ears pick up sounds all the time. Listening is what you do with the information coming into your ears. Sometimes, all you need is passive listening. Passive listening will usually alert you to information that is relevant to your flight if you're not distracted. Other times, especially in busy airspace when the radio is really buzzing, intentional listening will serve you better. Plan ahead for those phases of flight where you need to establish a sterile cockpit and begin intentional listening. When you enter one of those phases, eliminate all non-essential activity and conversation to reduce the possibility of being distracted. Focus on everything that comes into your headset, even if most radio calls are not directed at you. Give it a try. Notice the difference. Then write to me at jeff at atccommunication.com to tell me about it. You know, I do depend on listening to you to tell me what I should do next at ATCCommunication.com. I really mean that. Every radar contact show and every article at ATCCommunication.com springs from some story or a question sent to me by email from a listener or a reader. Even the books I write and the software programs I produce are listener and reader directed. It just makes sense to follow your lead rather than me guessing what you need. I'm following the same strategy in the development of the Aircraft Radio Simulator. About a month ago, I presented a new phase of the simulator that used speech recognition. I put a small speech recognition module online so you could test it out, and I hope you had a chance to try it. This test run of the speech recognition feature of the simulator had one purpose, to see if it could reliably respond to different accents and rates of speech from as wide a sample of voices as possible. So here's what I found from the test. Some people who tried the simulator said it seemed to learn their speech patterns as they practiced with it. Others said the whole program failed miserably. No one said it worked perfectly the first time. More than 50% of those who tested the module said it made multiple errors during the test. I don't think I'd be doing my job if I put a half-baked program online that only works some of the time. So, based on those test results... I'm going to abandon this version of the speech recognition module and start work on an alternative. Well, hang in there, and know I'm working hard every day to make something great for you to use. And now, let's get to your question of the week. You are approaching your destination airport that lies within very busy Class C airspace. Approach control is giving you radar vectors for sequencing to a straight-in final approach at your destination. You have already taken several heading changes from approach, and you are still not headed directly for the airport. Suddenly, your number two communication radio, which is tuned to the emergency frequency of 121.5, produces this transmission. Pan, pan, pan. aircraft? This is Piper, 927, Charlie X-Ray, on guard. I'm lost and I need assistance. Here's your question. Knowing that you are in a very busy section of airspace and taking extensive vectoring from ATC, what should you do about the radio transmission on the emergency frequency? When you think you know the answer to that question, go to the link atccommunication.com. Forward slash answers. There you'll find a complete answer to the question along with an explanation of how that answer was derived. I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Radar Contact. If you have questions and comments, you may use the comments section below the show notes for this show. If you are listening to this show at iTunes, go to atccommunication.com and click on the tab labeled Radar Contact Show for access to the show notes, the comments section, and links to other articles about radio communication with ATC. Also, don't forget to check out my Twitter feed at ATC underscore Jeff for some lively discussion on ATC communication with air traffic controllers and pilots. And, of course, I'm always reachable by email using jeff at ATCCommunication.com Music for this show was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com on a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license If you're flying this week I hope you have a great time and beautiful weather and if you get in contact with ATC give Stirl Cockpit and Active Listening a try I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by how well it works I'm Jeff Canarish for ATCCommunication.com saying be well, keep in touch, and fly safe.